keep Rayman Digital on the air through 2020 by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Yes, we are here. The moment all of us have been waiting for the absolute final installment of the Skywalker saga is is upon us. 40 years in the making and it's over. But the legacy and the story will live forever. Isn't that the tagline, Lauren? Eh, probably. Something like that. Something like that. Yes. I am Michael Flores, your host, and with me today is not David Sabal, as you can tell, uh, because he sucks. And he could not get to the screening, but one man's misfortune is another woman's good fortune, right? Yep. Yeah. His loss is my gain. So Lauren is here stepping in. How are you today, Lauren? I'm good. Congested, but good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You might want to get that checked. That's been about two, three no, weeks I, going on three months. <laughs> right. Something like that. No, no. Um, I had I had one thing and then caught something else. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then the emotions of the Skywalker saga coming to an end, I'm sure mm-hmm. just didn't help at all. No, no. Yeah. Couldn't breathe yesterday. <laughs> so as per usual, there'll be no spoilers. Let me just say that. Straight from the get-go, there'll be no spoilers during the first segment of our review. We'll be very careful and delicate. That's why we chose not to go live today. Because if we do accidentally say something, I would feel awful if I ruined something for someone that's listening live. Also, don't go on Wikipedia. I was looking something up and at the bottom of uh, one page... It it had updated info. Oh. And I was like, no, the movie's not even out yet. Who did that? An asshole. Yeah. So don't go on Wikipedia. Don't dig around on Wikipedia for stuff about the families or the plot or yeah. major characters. Just don't do it. Yeah, I think this is one of those movies where you just you just go off the grid for a couple days. Oh, I know most of my most of my friends absolutely have done that. They're like, okay, I'm signing off of Twitter until yeah. Like Friday morning. I mean, I used to do that for um, several of the big, big TV shows I used to watch. And also the first uh, Force Awakens, the first of the new sequel trilogy. We did not have press privileges at that time. 
So I just completely signed out of everything. And I'm talking, I turned off push notifications for those assholes that like to at mention you on Twitter mm-hmm. or those ones that send you private messages like, hey, bro, have you seen, you know, on Facebook? Hey, bro, have you seen the movie yet? I can't believe that scene with, you know, blank, blank, blank. I'm like, oh, I fucking hate you. Why did you just ask me if I saw the movie yet? Yeah. And what if, what if I said no? <laughs> See, even someone's tone, though, ruins things sometimes. Like My little brother was like, dude, I don't even want to talk to you. He's all, don't even talk to me until I've seen the movie because I will know if you disliked it or liked it just by how you say something. Yeah. So and- it's just one of those movies. It sounds ridiculous, but this is this. I hate that we always make fun of those people, Lauren, that say this is my childhood, but it is. This is my life. <laughs> it is. So stupid. It, it is, though. It, like it really is. I mean, 40 plus my, years. I mean, that's older than you, Lauren. It is. And it's my biggest, like, fandom thing. It's my biggest attachment. Like, yeah. I I can't watch the cartoons without crying about how tragic yeah. the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin is. And, yeah. like, it's just so pure. Like, I just, I can't, I cannot do it. I can't get through it without getting emotional. And I will say this, there was some tear jerking moments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some tear jerkers in this movie. I wasn't sure if we would get that, if they would go, if JJ would choose to go just 100% epic or would he, you know, be willing to also craft in some emotion. And I, I think he did a pretty good job balancing the emotional side with the epicness, the grand scale of and Star Wars that people have come to expect. The humor, too. Absolutely. Oh, I was laughing. Oscar Isaacs and John Boyega were on point. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Oscar Isaacs. I mean, his comedic timing is truly fantastic and missed from The Last Jedi. Yeah. I mean, we just did not get that Oscar Isaacs. We had him briefly here and there in The Force Awakens. And fell in love with him. Yeah. And yeah, I just, it. you know what? It sucks because I'm not, I'm not a um, Last Jedi hater. Neither am I. I. I enjoyed it for what it was. I still had a good time through the movie. I felt like the Canto bite bit could have... I don't know. Removed completely. Not happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I that would have been fine. I think um, the movie would have been that much better. But I wasn't I wasn't upset with bold choices. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't upset with Luke being a hermit. That was something JJ set up previously. You know, Han mentioned in The Force Awakens that he blamed himself for what happened. And probably I, I think a lot something that a lot of people don't think about is he knew his father was a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. So if he's feeling emotional turmoil, it's not out of the realm of reality to think that he's like, oh, my God, you know, for for a moment, I felt like I was turning towards my father's path. Right. And I never want to do that. So let me hold myself up on this mountain, uh, on this island and just forget about it all. Yeah, I I had. And I guess, yeah, let's let's preface this. Yeah, I I agree with you. I and I've said this numerous times throughout our broadcast. But for those people coming in just to hear this review for the first time, I'll say it again. I I did not have one problem with the story direction that Ryan Johnson took with The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. I felt like there wasn't a lot, honestly, of story directions being taken. But what we got, I can 
It's not my story to tell. It's your story to tell. And I liked what we were given, but I feel like we weren't given enough. I feel like for the, I feel like a lot of that movie could have been condensed into like 30 minutes and we wouldn't have really missed a whole lot. And they could have put that at the end of The Force Awakens. I think ultimately that's how I feel about that movie. Yeah. So let's getting back on track. Let me get back to the spoiler section. We will get into spoilers. We're going to nerd out a bit, but we're going to go to a break first and there'll be a warning there. So you don't have to worry that we're just going to suddenly start dropping spoilers on you. And then at that time, push stop, exit out, throw your phone away, whatever you have to do to not hear (laughs) anything further. But you will have a good 30 to 45 seconds before we return with massive spoilers. That'll be the fun part of the show, I think, for us Star Wars nerds or we could just kind of geek out and talk about all the cool things that were introduced all right so let's get into this a little more formally here this was a hard one for me to review it always is with star wars films i want to just check out you know organically that's what my body wants to do as a star wars fan it just Just check out, just put your feet up, grab some popcorn, get fat, and enjoy the fun in front of the screen. But when you're going into a press screening, you don't really have that luxury. I like to sit down, watch previews, and I like to slowly, I like to ease myself in. But at press screenings, what happens, Lauren? The movie immediately starts. Yeah. Don't you hate that? You've got one person doing housekeeping stuff like, hey, just so you know, here's when you can post your reviews. Please do that. Please get your reviews to us, blah, blah, blah. Like, here's all these little notes. Yeah. Um, If you do anything wrong, we will hunt you down and kill you uh, (laughs) because Disney is going to make us. Pretty much. And then, okay, now we're going to start the movie. And then the movie starts. Literally starts. And it's not, not a casual sort of setting. No, it's a thrust. Yeah. It's an immediate thrust. And I think it um, more so than in other movies, like when I'm casually watching a movie, yeah, I want to have my popcorn. Yeah. I want to have my like drink, maybe some candy. There's a whole or mood. Something. Like, yeah, I want to recline yeah. my seat. I want to just sit back and just be enveloped in it. Yeah. Um, unapologetically, like sobbing at moments, like whatever. And I want to cheer. I want to cry if I want to. But yeah. because we have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. We can't do any of that. Yeah. So I'm sitting there just like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't, don't feel clap. your feelings. Don't, don't holler. Yeah. But people still do it. And it, it's but just. You realize it's a little muffled. Like there's a few people are like. Yeah. And then they yeah. look around and everyone else is just critics in the room. So they're yeah. just like, silence, please. And so it kind of bothers me, too, when someone's just loudly snacking on stuff. Like there was a woman a couple seats down from me who just like from the very beginning of the movie just shoves the whole hand into the bag of popcorn throws some into her mouth and is just open yeah. mouth chewing <laughs> like lady come on have have some respect here we're trying to like really watch the film to see it as a film see what's happening review it those people are <laughs> totally unaware of their surroundings because even yeah. i like during the silent parts of movies i quit chewing i do too because it's so fucking loud i'm like okay stop and then I wait for an action sequence or something loud yeah. to happen. I'm like, okay, I, resume chewing. I have a friend that I can't go to see movies with unless I've already seen the movie and I don't care. And like we go to like a matinee or something yeah. <laughs> because he's just, he's just loud by default. Um, so everything, he's like clumsy and loud. Oh, um, that would kill me. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't like talk, but if I tell him to, to shush in a movie, he might go, what? 
And like, it's kind of loud. I'm like, shut up, shut up. That's yeah. exactly what I didn't want you to do. And he's like loud with opening bags of candy. And he just shoves it, like, he just shoves his hand right in there. It's just crinkling the whole time. I'm like, you can just gently put your hand in and reach. Like, you can be quiet. Yeah, let's, let's not be so loud. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I felt guilty and I felt like such a loser. I had to take a piss 30 minutes into the movie. <laughs> and I, I just, I think I even said to you, I'm like, Yep, I really hate myself right yeah, now. You did. I, you like kind of leaned down and trying to not be in everyone's way walking out. And you just said, yeah, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> I had two Red Bulls before the screening like an idiot, but I was so tired. And then, you know, the moment the Star Wars song came on screen, I was like, shit, I got to pee. What am I going to do? I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait to the action to start. And that's the thing about this movie is the action never stops. It never stops. The moment the, moment the title crawl is gone off the screen. We go from it's a mile a minute. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't slow down. It is a full sprint to the finish line. Yeah. So, Lauren, give me. We're kind of bouncing all over the place, and that's fine. But give me your. I want to hear your initial thoughts before we go any further. I'm talking just like just, your your general reaction. I feel conflicted. Yeah. And I can't find out. I can't figure out why, because I really, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed um, everything about it. I enjoyed the way it made me feel. There was, um, there was a moment that I, I think I was looking forward to initially that when it happened, I actually caught myself rolling my eyes because I knew that it just didn't feel as organic as it could have because the second movie didn't lead us right into this path. Yeah. And um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking forward to it, but I, but I was like, uh, and then I kind of reeled back and I was like, wait a second. Did I just react that way? Um, I liked new, new force powers, which they, you know, that's not a spoiler. They said that there would be new force power stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I loved seeing the, the trio interacting together a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, conflicted on some things i can't decide whether i'm just like depressed because we have no more skywalker saga ever or <laughs> that's where i'm at right now too yeah. i'm like am i depressed because it's over like what is this feeling of emptiness as i walk out of the theater you know i want to shake you and tell and and i wanted you to tell me that everything's gonna be all right right i was like it's gonna be okay uh and to not be able to talk about it to anyone oh, isn't that awful it's Torture. I almost called you. I was like, hey, Lauren, let's talk for a little bit. <laughs> I, just, I just need someone. Are you free for like 30 minutes? Yeah, um, yeah it, it's hard. And I'm so glad the movie is, is going to be seen by everyone soon. But yeah. ugh, I have a lot of conflicted emotions. I'm, I'm so deeply invested in Star Wars mm-hmm. that I have more emotional reactions and and more like emotional ties to things than I do like in my own life. Like I'll, I'll kind of like shut down sometimes when when I'm supposed to have an emotional reaction to something Mm -hmm. in life. And I just kind of like shut it off and I like, I'm like, Nope, we're not going to do that. Put your head in the sand. Yeah. And, um, but then anytime, anything like anytime anything happens in star Wars, I'm like crying because it's so like, cute if it's like a creature or an interaction between people or i'm crying because like there's that underlying emotion between these two characters over there or someone just died and sacrificed themselves or this and that like i am a sobbing mess when i watch star wars so Mm -hmm. i just i have 
I have a lot of feelings right now. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm completely with you. It, there there is a lot of conflicting emotions, and that's why I wanted to take almost 24 hours since we were at the screening. Yeah, because I needed a time to kind of sort through the feelings, and that's why I dread, as I was saying, I dread reviewing movies like this. Movies that, and honestly, there is no other movie I can point to and say like this. This is the only franchise that I grew up watching. I mean, the first two movies, I believe, came out before I was ever even born. So I grew up literally watching Star Wars with my dad and my mother. So it's like, it's how do you separate yourself from that? And that's what I needed to do. I needed to separate my emotions from the the critic. And I feel like I was able to accomplish that for the most part. <laughs> and I could say this. JJ had his work cut out for him. I don't think that can be argued. Uh, that much is given. Uh, this is the final movie. Uh, and really, the the overall story of the sequel trilogy just kind of came to a screeching halt in The Last Jedi because there wasn't enough. And it left the third movie to push pieces into place. And that's why I say J.J. had his work cut out for him. And that's not necessarily I don't want people to get pissed off. You know, Last Jedi fans, that's not necessarily a slight against The Last Jedi. But most can agree that it didn't cover a lot of ground in terms of the overall story of Star Wars. It did wonders for Kylo Ren. He was my favorite part of The Last Jedi. I didn't think I would ever like him after what he did to Han Solo. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy is a broken mess and I can relate. And I loved how Ryan Johnson brought that to the surface. And I was okay for with Ray for the most part. And ultimately it did what he needed to do or he did what he needed to do to bring them together and build this bond. A bond that does play a big part in the rise of Skywalker. But that still left the story of Luke, Leia, Finn, Poe. Where do they all stand? What's the point of this sequel trilogy? Why are we here watching this? Yeah. We don't have any of that. And J.J. had to tackle all of that in this movie. And what about the mythos of Star Wars? <laughs> Not just the, the, this story, but the mythos of Star Wars. That's something that we all, as Star Wars fans, have come to expect from a Star Wars movie. What are you saying about the world of Star Wars? What are you saying about the Force? How are you going to explain this and that? And that's a lot to expect in a single movie. And I will say, not perfectly, not perfectly, mind you, but J.J. did manage to bring, in my opinion, a satisfying finish to all those elements, especially the way he handled the legacy of Luke and Leia. And we'll get into that a bit more during our spoilers. And that's something that I did not expect. I kind of almost written them off. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Carrie Fisher died. Uh, Mark Hamill was killed in the movie. Like, how are we going to make this feel like a Skywalker saga? And yet there was a certain amount of respect how the Skywalker name was handled. And by the end of the movie, you got the sense of this legacy that would live on. Yeah. And that I didn't realize that's what I needed. But after seeing this movie, that's all I wanted. I was like, we needed to respect the legacy of Skywalker. And it's something that I was looking for from the from not only a fan perspective, you know, possibly maybe again, I, I don't know if I actually would have 
vocalized it that way. But after seeing it, I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I had wanted. And the way they handle it made me feel good for the most part. Um, This is the Skywalker saga, Lauren. It must delve into these aspects. Otherwise, you've branded something incorrectly. It it has to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally the Skywalker saga. There are the all of these movies have had to do with the Skywalker family. And wasn't that kind of like the purpose of the Skywalkers have been kind of missing right up to this point? Yeah. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, okay, Kylo is not, he is a Skywalker, but he's also a solo and he's the villain kind of. So what are you guys going to do with all this? I think there's so much too that they, um, they didn't have full direction on, um, as far as like a decided direction of Mm -hmm. where to go. So when they started the force awakens, they obviously knew that fans wanted to see, um, major, characters they wanted to see that holy trinity come back they wanted that fan service and understandably right yeah blast from the past of course i was like pissing my pants ready to see all of them on the screen again i was like so excited but um but then i think they couldn't decide whether they wanted to just kind of let the past die or if they uh if they wanted to Embrace the past. Hanging on to it. Yeah. And there is a balance there that they kind of didn't choose to. I would agree with that. Um, And I think they just, it's hard to figure out what fans potentially want for a franchise of this size. Because we're all so different. Yeah. And you have so many different generations now. And you can't please everyone. You really can't. There's no way. Yeah. And I think critically, you know, outside of the Star Wars stuff, I think critically some issues that some will no doubt, no doubt have is that this is a very fast paced flick. And I had alluded to that a few moments ago. You really, as I was telling my story about needing to go pee, uh, you don't really have time to blink for at least 35 minutes. Don't eat or drink heavy. Yeah. JJ got to work from the get-go. He needed to push all those pieces into play so he can proceed quickly with the advancement of the story. I mean, the moment that title crawl hit, the story did not stop. In fact, I'd say much of the first act for me, and this, take it as it sounds, for me, the first act felt a lot like course correction. Mm-hmm. Something he shouldn't have something he shouldn't have had to do in the first place. Yeah, I I mean, does that make do, do you did you I get agree. that same feeling? I, I honestly I do agree. It felt like he was making up for last time. And the, the point I was kind of getting at earlier yeah, yeah. was was that uh, with The Last Jedi, I didn't hate it and I didn't hate a lot of the direction. But now having seen episode nine, mm-hmm. I feel like The Last Jedi was empty. Like there was good content in there. However, I agree with you. It's stuff that I think we could have condensed and fit into the end and the beginning of two other movies. Yeah. It it didn't leave us anywhere with purpose. It left us. No. And and that's a different thing because Ryan Johnson was clearly trying to tell a different story. The message of his story was you don't need to be from a legacy. You don't need to be from basically space royalty. And I agree to with that be thought. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You don't need to be a legacy descendant to have power. The force has manifested 
seemingly randomly, very powerfully in so many individuals across the galaxy. Um, I thought the last scene in The Last Jedi with the little kid pulling the broom to him with the force was beautiful. Like there's a generation out there waiting to be awakened and trained. And and I thought that was a beautiful message. But for the overall, I think that would have been a better story for a solo movie, like a single movie. Yeah, and and I think that's the problem that we're always going to see when we watch this trilogy for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And our kids' kids are going to be like, well, you know, it yeah. feels like there's conflicting thoughts here. And I think that's the problem. And a lot of people always say, well, you know, George Lucas didn't direct every movie. I'm like, you're right. But he wrote all of them. Yeah. Even if he didn't actually write the script, he wrote the story. And you know he was hovering over their shoulder the whole time. And that was, <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. So and, there was consistency, like it or not. Yeah. And that ultimately is and will always be Kathleen Kennedy's fault. Yeah. There's no other way to look at it. She's the one who allowed Ryan, because if Ryan Johnson had started the trilogy, I don't think any of us would be complaining. No. If JJ had continued the saga and it was just him, no one would be complaining. Yeah. If, if we had Lucas writing the stories, yeah, sure, there'll be some issues here and there. Like with every movie that we get from other directors and writers, no one's perfect. But guess what? We wouldn't be having this argument or discussion about conflict of tone or story direction. We're always going to look at this trilogy as the, or I should say, the problem we're always going to see when we look at this trilogy is. There is an obvious hug of war with the direction of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I. And it should never have been allowed to get to that point. No, it shouldn't have. There should be someone looking over the director's shoulder going, yes, you're directing, but I'm here to keep the tone continuous so that it's not a jarring experience. Yeah. Because now, now going from, you know, episode eight to episode nine, I just feel like. Yeah, he had to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. He had to make up for maybe time that was spent at the casino on Canto Bite that could have been used to progress the overall story. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I'm trying to be positive, but I, I just what a, I said this in my original review. What a worthless scene. That entire storyline never even came back to matter. No, it was just social commentary. If you wanted to like, you know, use that to develop the characters and then bring them right back to what everything they're doing matters. You can have your message, which I think was silly, but if you have your message, fine, but bring that story right back in. And yet the story stopped. It fizzled and what they were doing never even mattered to the movie. Right. And that's why I had a problem with it. And so, yeah, so, so the rise of Skywalker feels like course correction. It feels like, okay, all right, go into a full sprint because we have time to make up and this can't be a three hour movie because kids are going to watch it and this and that. And like, I may have to go pee four or five more times. Yeah. Um, We need to try and keep it to two and a half hours. That's pretty standard. Like let's let's keep it there. What can we do? We're not going to waste any time. There isn't, there's no wasted time. Yeah. The only beats that they take are for comedic purpose or um impact of of something sad that happened or that's it well something jj has always done well um he's good with ensemble cast that's how he started his career on tv 
He's always, when he took over the Mission Impossible franchise, he made it not only about Ethan Hunt. He brought in all the, the, the players that are still involved to this day up to the, the very latest Mission Impossible film. He knows how to make ensemble casts all work together to tell one story. And honestly, I think that's his single greatest win of this movie yeah. is the fact that, yes, things are a mile a minute, you know, in this first act. But during that time, we see how far our heroes have come because he cleverly crafts this rapport between the three of our three heroes into this umbrella story where everyone has one goal. It's not, hey, you have a goal, you have a goal, separate, and then we'll meet somewhere at the end. Yeah. This felt more like the classic Star Wars where everything revolved around Luke and then everyone else there was meant to support his story. And that's what he did with Ray. And I would say even... um Kylo Ren, for the most part, I, I want to yeah. say in a lot of ways, Kylo Ren and Ray's story was pretty much one story. Yeah, they were they were of equal importance. Yeah. So the way he put them together and the charisma between all of them, I mean, or the chemistry, I should say, is just it worked. And I think that's the to me. I felt like that's the strength of the entire movie. What. And it's not easy to do. No, it is not. It's not easy to do. We see ensemble cast TV shows fall apart all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> when you've got, you know, just like 22 minutes to fill um, or 40 minutes to fill of, of airtime. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it just it's so easy to make it not work. But the cast has always had such good chemistry together. Yeah. And um, and and he made us feel like, OK, Time has passed. Time has passed since what happened. Um, obviously, Ray has been training her ass off. Everyone else has been busting their butts to to get this resistance functional and, Keep it and alive. powerful. Yeah. And yeah, um, it really feels like everyone has been working the hardest they could possibly work to become the best they could be to help save the galaxy. And uh and they waste no time getting into any of it. You know, the, it seems like their relationships have grown too. the way that Poe bickers with Ray. Yeah, I loved it. Um, it's like, obviously, they've been through this several times before. And you know what? This is where I believe J.J. did respect. I know a lot of people are going to be saying it. Just ignore those comments. People are just being hateful. A lot of people are saying J.J. was being disrespectful to Ryan Johnson. But honestly, J.J. took, in my opinion, Poe's. I think he took Poe in the direction that Ryan Johnson had kind of taken him a little bit of a macho man. He wasn't really macho ish in the force awakens. He was just a hotshot pilot. It's all we really saw. Yeah. And honestly, he took that macho ness down a comedic aspect that actually worked for the movie. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, every fucking scene he was in was gold, right? There was a scene where all he did was facial expressions <laughs> at, to another character the, at the end. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And it was incredible. <laughs> Beautiful acting. Yeah. 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 For me, this was the heart of the movie was the four was the four leads. Yeah. Uh, the way JJ brought them together, the bond, the friendships, it just, it worked. And yeah, it, it just, it's what really made the movie for me. There is no conflict. There may be conflict in some issues that we'll get into during the spoiler section. But when it comes to that, when it comes to the, to the development of our heroes, there is no conflict. It you was it was good. I, Solid. Yeah. And I think I think I realized why I'm 
conflicted feeling and mm-hmm. kind of depressed about the movie. Yeah. Um, it's kind of terrible because it left me wanting more. Yeah. But it's the end. Yeah. And the original actors have been through the, like the, the, the actors for this, not the original actors, the actors for this trilogy, mm-hmm. um, have been through such a gauntlet with this experience. Yeah, they don't want to do it again. They don't <laughs> want to do it again. They don't want to be on Disney+. Plus. Did you hear what what uh, Daisy Ridley said? No. That she needs to learn to like herself again. How sad is that? Because people destroy, like, she should be on cloud nine. That's where she, she has accomplished so much. I mean, she has become a household name. And yet she has to. She's a good actress. She's very good. And she's so charismatic. I mean, it just, you like her when you see her. And it's a shame that, that social media and the toxic nature of the fan base has destroyed her self-esteem. Yeah, and and you have of course the actress that plays Rose Tico, who's had the same problems. Uh, I'm sure Oscar Isaac's isn't even on social media, I believe, because of this. Yeah, Ewan McGregor became an alcoholic during the prequels. Ahmed Best tried to kill himself because the because fandom destroys Jar Jar. Yeah, the fandom destroys actors, and it sucks because that's is why fans can have opinions. But God damn it, like calm down. Yeah, don't it, be so toxic and hateful. I, w- I was watching the uh, the world premiere Rise of Skywalker um, red carpet event, and Ahmed Best was interviewed. Yeah, um, and you know he's got that new Disney Plus show coming out, the the Jedi Temple Challenge or whatever the game show. Yeah, yeah. which is cute. Okay, yeah. cool. And what a what a good person to host that. Um, but the the interviewer asked him kind of about how his relationship has changed with Star Wars. You know, how are you feeling to be here tonight? Because I know your relationship has changed a lot over the years with Star Wars. And he uh, he got into it a little bit and he was like, you know, Star Wars has something that a lot of other franchises don't. And that's that everybody takes it personally. <laughs> it's cool, but it's also yeah. kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and it's true. Everybody yeah. takes Star Wars personally. It's like if you don't like something, it's a personal attack on your beliefs. This is your thing, your fandom. How dare they come into your house and do this to you? And that's exactly how it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's to a point where people think celebrities, actors, directors, whoever are. They're, they think that they're like too accessible now because they think that they can just say whatever they want, you know, and yeah. um, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, but I mean, it's it's crazy. These are talented people who did very well with what they were given. It's not their, their actors. It's not their fault. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you want to blame anyone, blame the at least attack the writers. If you're going to attack anybody, they're the, the or Kathleen Kennedy. But my point is at least you know, form an argument with someone that's logical. And because the actors are literally just reading what's on the page. And it's funny too, because no matter what, like Kathleen Kennedy was put in charge by George Lucas. Yeah. I'm sure he regrets it now. He chose her. Well, maybe, but like, you know, I mean, just because the whole Bob Iger memoir and how they just kind (laughs) of bait and switched him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They did him dirty, but they did. They did. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, there's, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. It's not just one person's fault. Yeah. It's just no one, no one deserves death threats over it. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the cast was just 
extra good this time, but I think that they're so relieved to be done. It's just, it's taxing, but I want more. This movie left it off at like a weird, like nice, okay, sure. This is a nice end for the movie, but now I want to see what she's going to do. I want to see what everyone's going to do. I want to see where everything is going. And I'm kind of, I I don't want to say they left it open-ended. There there was closure, but there was. What's going to happen to the galaxy? Yeah. Yes. There was an open-ended aspect to it. And I, I feel like that was smart because now they're leading, they're leaving themselves open for potentially, potentially, you know, exploring that area, which I think would be a, a of course they're going to do. It. I think we all know they're going to explore everything post, you know, Rise of Skywalker. Will it be connected to the Skywalkers? More than likely not. I mean, the whole point was to close out that saga where the emphasis is on Skywalker. I love Ray. I love Ray. I have yeah, always I loved Ray. She's one of my favorites. And that's why I get so frustrated when I see people, you know, calling her a Mary Sue. And she finally, she, they're, they're finally off the leash now. They're off the leash of Disney now. So she did an interview where she actually just came right out and said, calling my, my character Mary Sue is sexist, like plain and simple. Yeah. Because the argument is that Luke, you know, oh, he had training. Oh, no, listen, he rode in little speeders on Tatooine and shot womp rats. And you expect me to believe that he can just immediately go from that to flying a more sophisticated X-Wing he's Luke. in space? Yeah. yeah, but he's Luke. Well, he went and trained with Yoda. Okay, well, she went and trained with Luke. I never had a problem with that because I figured there'd be an explanation. Number one, you know, she was left alone to raise herself from the time she was about five, six years yeah. old. She had to fight for everything she had. If she has survived, you don't think she's a badass and she can, you know, take care of business. I never found it hard to believe. No, I, that's I, a believable I just, story. Yeah, I I don't understand people's gripe on that. She literally had to fight to stay alive. So, of course, she's a good fighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> all right. So let's bring it back to the, the act structure and the writing. I'd say for the most part, the second act, by the second act, I, at least, was sold on the story and where we were going. And we just needed to... Um, that third act, we need that third act to finish strong and there will be differing opinions, mm-hmm. but keeping, you know, with star Wars, I felt like ultimately the ending was what it needed to be. So strong second act, uh, and even more, you know, strong third act with some, as a star Wars fan, some questionable decisions, but nothing that people are, you know, criticizing already on the, uh, from the critic side of things. Nothing that people, nothing that should reflect that JJ was going the easy route or uh, just catering to fan service, which are these, I want people to realize these are words you're going to hear. Yeah. Do not believe them because in my opinion, I would completely disagree that JJ took the easy route or catered to the whims of fans. Was there fan service? Absolutely. And you're an idiot if you thought there wouldn't be. This is the final right. Star Wars movie, people. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of fan service. J.J. pushes the Star Wars mythos and the mysticism of the Force in a way that I never expected. I mean, jaw-dropping moments of shock. Things that I never thought we would see in live action. Using the balance of the Force as a way to craft a bit of a love story, even. I mean... I think it's a job well done. I don't, I honestly don't think I would have, if I was writing this movie, I would have refrained from some of the things he did. Yeah. I think they're ballsy moves. 
with the force. But there are things that, you know, he didn't just come up with on his own. No. There are things that. That's why I said live action. Yeah. And that's not an insult, too. It's just, you know, I know that there's going to be people that criticize those things and go, well, where did did Abrams come up with this shit? You know, they're going to get all huffy and puffy. Fan service. (laughs) These are things that if you if you go back, if you've read some older stuff that is now considered legends, he pulled some stuff out of legends. It's conducive with what we've seen or know of yeah if anything i think he was being not fans not it wasn't fan service i feel like he was being respectful of the things that the star wars fans are aware of the things that we needed for closure (laughs) but also the things that we needed to bring us something new and exciting yes uh that being said there are some issues that i've had more from the critical side some moments felt rushed um, the story could have benefited by slowing down just a bit, although I understand why some of the lore bits, the explanations of the reasons why certain things are the way they are felt a bit muddled because of needing to speed race to the finish line. Uh, also, maybe because I'm used to watching everything with closed captions. That can also <laughs> be the problem. Uh, the antagonist of the film wasn't really an antagonist. And we'll get into this more in the spoiler section. And I'm very anxious to hear what you think about that. I feel like the antagonist of the film was more of a MacGuffin. And I'm not sure if that is great or if it's bad. But it also feels on par, though, with what Ryan Johnson had set up in The Last Jedi. Yeah. There really wasn't a true threat in the way of tangibility. The real villain of the saga is internal conflict. And as a Star Wars fan... Is that not what the saga has been about from the beginning? Internal conflict. I can feel the conflict within you. So Ryan Johnson and JJ making that true villain of the sequel, making that the true villain of the sequel trilogy does work for me. But there's going to be people that may gripe about how it all played out. And I feel as a Star Wars fan, that works for me. Critically, I think he could have gone a little further with the villain. Like, it, it, Does that make sense? Because yeah. I feel conflicted right now, even speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, does that make sense, everything I said, though? Yeah, yeah, it does. I am. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. I'm all with right. you on and, all of it, honestly. We, we got to be because, very careful, right? Because yeah. if we're not careful, we're going to get into spoilers. So let's just hit the soundtrack, and then we'll move into spoilers soundtrack was good you and i talked about this off air briefly but one of my biggest problems with the new trilogy and not just the new trilogy but movies blockbuster films as a whole has lost the desire to the filmmakers i should say have lost a desire to really make make the score punch through many times the score is brought really low and you can't even really hear the music because the action and the shooting and the explosions usually overpowers the music. And something Lucas had always done is he makes sure that music is piped through. If you remember that that moment, the first time we heard the Imperial March in Empire Strikes Back with the Vader ship flying in, what do you hear over all the sound effects? That Those horns blaring the Imperial March. And I feel like finally in this movie, not only was the score composed beautifully by John Williams, but also it really pushed through. They went with the idea of let's just turn that volume up. 
and let the score be a part of the movie and of the story because that's how it's always been. There's always a a side-by-side story that comes with the music itself. What's interesting, too, about this new trilogy is Mm -hmm. that um, you're, you're right. You know, you've got that moment where you hear the Imperial March and Vader's ship is coming down and it's it's a huge moment and you it has an impact. And then, you know, moving forward to the next trilogy, I remember the first time I heard Duel of the Fates and it's just punching you in the gut. Your eyes are wide. You can't believe what you're seeing. You're seeing this lightsaber battle and like it's intense and it wells up these emotions in you and it, it puts you in that moment. And, um, I don't think we've had any iconic, like new pieces in these films. And, and you're right. This is the first time that I felt like the music was in its rightful place in this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into final thoughts, final thoughts, Lauren, why don't you start us off? Oh boy. Um, Final thoughts. I I enjoyed it overall. I appreciated the respect and care that JJ took in trying to craft something for everyone, mm-hmm. um, which is an impossible task. He it felt like he respected Star Wars fans who know old Star Wars lore, but you know wanted to make something exciting and fresh and something that would. I don't know, get your attention if you were just a casual fan. Like, oh, yeah, I've I've seen, you know, one through eight a couple times, maybe. Um, now I'm going to watch this last one. Okay, cool. There's something for you, too. Um, but, yeah, it it absolutely, my my biggest problem with the movie was the fact that it didn't get the chance to slow down. Yeah. It didn't get the chance to slow down and really, really explain some things that had to do with more of the, the mysticism of star Wars. Um, and it didn't, it didn't have a chance to really dive into the antagonist. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to see a, a deeper, a bigger explanation. And I think the explanation they gave was fine, but it could have been better. And, and we didn't get that. And that's okay. I think overall, um, the film did what it came to do. And I had good emotional experiences watching it as a fan. Yeah. Um, critically, I think overall it's just packed with action and that's never not fun to watch. So at the very least, it's an enjoyable ride and it does bring, does bring closure, but in a way that leaves you so satisfied with how they brought you the closure that you're like, wait, 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 no, that cannot be the end. Yeah. And I honestly didn't expect that. That was a surprise. Overall, positive feelings about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, as I said throughout the discussion, the strength of this movie for me was definitely the actors. Um, despite the first act feeling mostly like course correction, I feel like by the end, you really can't help being swept up within the film's epic cinematic flair and the personal moments shared between the characters. And I I think ultimately J.J. Abrams did his job. He brought closure to the Skywalker saga in a satisfying manner. But overall, when you're looking at the sequel trilogy, it leaves you feeling like we missed a part of the story. Do I have the same feeling as you positive 
overall positivity, yes. You will leave the movie feeling good, but when you start thinking about it, you may feel like you're missing something. And that might be because of the fact that The Last Jedi didn't really give us a lot. And I think, honestly, that's how the trilogy as a whole is going to be looked at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think ultimately we're always going to look at this trilogy as exactly how it just panned out. TLJ kind of was a, a bump and left the third movie really having to scurry. So, all right, so let's take a really quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into spoilers. No! Welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just do a JJ maneuver and just plow through these really fast. Get right into those juicy, juicy spoilers. Yes. All right. Let's talk about Snoke. Mr. Snoke. (laughs) For a lot of people, he was the biggest disappointment of The Last Jedi, or at least how they handled the character. Uh, Well, JJ kind of fixed that. Or at least just expanded on it. And it's very simple. He was simply a puppet. Literally a mouthpiece for Palpatine. In fact, using his words, he created Snoke. And we actually saw other Snokes being grown in what looked like a cloning tank. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you always have to wonder what happened after the Clone Wars ended because we never see any update on what happened with Kamino. Right. What happened with all of that cloning technology yeah. and whatever. And, you know, Palpatine was always the one pulling the strings with that. He's the one that got them to start that cloning project. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, well, at least for, you know, cloning the army. So, Did yeah. it work for you? Because I, I, I was okay with that because how else... When a villain like Snoke is undermined and he kind of is just killed off, I feel like this is really the only way and quickest way to handle it. Yeah, I was okay with it. It felt normal. Like it it felt reasonable because that's not something that Palpatine is above doing. Yeah. Okay. Biggest spoiler. And I think it's something that a lot of us Star Wars nerds had seen coming from, I think, even before Force Awakens, or at least when we were watching Force Awakens, yeah. there were a lot of theories. And the theory that Ray is related to Palpatine actually ends up being correct. I think, as I said, a lot of Star Wars nerds had seen that coming from the beginning. There were examples, and that's why I don't feel like JJ had pulled this out of his ass. I think this was from this was going to be the direction from the very beginning. Because in The Force Awakens, Lauren, who does Ray fight like? She fights like Palpatine. She fights like Palpatine um, 
like a hundred percent with her lightsaber. You know, she's she's really the only person that we see do these kind of angry, like overhead slashes yes. and a stab. Yep. Her fighting style naturally, the way that she naturally begins fighting with a lightsaber with, you know, zero to minimal training yeah. is just like how Palpatine fights. Yeah. And I think I think that's why I was okay with it. And I mean, I'm not entirely happy with how they executed it. You know, I think it could have been done a little, a little more finesse. Yeah, a little cleaner. It, it was a bit of a a plow session. It was like, all right, guys, been down. Here you go. This yeah. is this is uh, how you fit into this. And even though I was okay with it because it does make sense, I feel like once again because of that fucking running time that they. I mean, Jesus Christ, give us at least two hours and forty minutes. Add twenty minutes so that we can slow down a little bit. And I feel like if we were given those 20 minutes, this Ray is Palpatine or this Ray is related to Palpatine aspect could have been that much better. It could have been a better reveal. Yeah, because I, I honestly, I'm not even upset about um, all of the, all of the, like your parents were no one, blah, blah, blah. Now, oh yeah, your parents were no one, but your grandfather was someone like, cool. That actually, that actually works. Like they were so focused on well, who was your mom and dad. And, and it doesn't break me out of that at all. Like that makes sense to me. You know, Kylo was just looking at, well, who are your parents? And he saw her parents and said, oh, they're nobody. You know, they weren't force sensitive. They weren't anything special. And, um, so for for that to come back and then be a surprise of like, yeah, your parents were nothing. They wanted to be. They hid you. They, they, they chose to be. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it worked. I liked it. Um, but Lauren, this reveal does lead to some issues I had with Palpatine. Even though, as I said, during the critical part of our discussion, I had said I, I get it and I understand it. But this is where I'm a little conflicted because... He was simply a MacGuffin. And I understand that the real villain of this trilogy is themselves in a lot of ways. It's their own internal conflict and the struggle from within. You know, I just feel I just had a problem that Palpatine was almost like a. Like a plot device. Yeah. And I think. I, it's it's frustrating because, because Palpatine has always been the single greatest threat of all of Star Wars. He's the grand puppeteer. And even though he still was that. I felt like his actions were more. It didn't feel like there was as much gravity. It, yeah. OK. There. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's an easy way of putting it. Yeah. Because it, it's it's hard to explain. But yeah, it, it doesn't feel like. I don't know. I it doesn't feel like there's as much like weight or gravity or depth to what he's doing. Like, yes, he wants to take over the whole galaxy again. And yes, he did all that stuff. But we don't have any time to slow build to it. Yeah. And so it just feels like, OK, all of a sudden this is a thing and now it's gone. Yeah, that's where I'm conflicted. And maybe after I watch it a few more times, I will come to terms with it and be OK with it because, again, it wasn't a deal breaker. And I want to make that clear. It wasn't a deal breaker. It just. I just feel like if you're going to bring Palpatine in, I, I liked. Uh, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. I need help right now. <laughs> I I liked 
the overall path. I yeah, did. Yes, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought it felt like, oh yeah, it would be Palpatine pulling this shit. Like, yeah. It felt it felt normal for Star Wars, but and to have you know the villain that's been the main villain for the past two trilogies come back, it just feels right. It feels right. Yeah, he's been there this whole time, um, and I like all of that is good, but it really comes back to it feels like we needed another movie to cover this ground. Uh, yep, that's why it was in my final thoughts. Ultimately, it feels like we're missing a movie. We're yeah. missing a part of the story. It feels like we didn't have enough time to go through all of this because what what JJ put together is a beautiful story. Yeah. And honestly, I think they should have called Ray the chosen one at some point, yeah. even though there's not really many people around to know of that prophecy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Leia knew about it. Um, Who knows what Luke might have told her. Do, wait, wait, does Luke even know about this prophecy at this I don't point? Know. Like these are things that. See, the more I think about it, the more a little frustrated I get because there's a lot of missed opportunities. There still are a lot of open-ended questions. Like, because, okay, well. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing right now, going back and forth. Because, because um, Ray is the only one to truly bring balance to the Force because the Jedi are so pious, so self-righteous, so like, you know, willpower over anything else. You know, don't let yourself do things don't let yourself um kill killing is bad you shouldn't kill unless it's absolutely necessary but yet you've got these enemies coming back and back and back because you're not freaking killing them um and then the sith obviously very evil mm-hmm. willing to do whatever will kill anyone in their path only want power that is their their absolute thing yeah um and so, you know, they won't use powers from the other side of the force because it's like no no no, no. This is my absolute over here. This is my absolute over here. I don't care what anyone says. Jedi's do deal in absolutes. Yeah. Um, and Ray has this turmoil within her that she successfully combats all the time. She lets herself feel angry because it's normal. Don't push the anger down and let it grow. Yeah. You know, let it out in healthy doses. Get like Grunt and scream while you're attacking someone while you're fighting and then come back and do the thing that you want to do in your heart, which is, you know, the right thing. Do the kind thing. Do the thing that's best for the world. Um, She truly, she truly is the epitome of the chosen one. She's bringing balance to the force. She used some, um, some force powers that were definitely not light side force powers. Right. And and that's where I feel like there is a missed opportunity yet again, or missed or missing movie, because this is why I said it felt a little muddled. Like it almost felt like Kylo was talking about some prophecy that we've never heard before. And he says that we're bonded, that we are meant to be together. Some alluding to that. And you find out at the end, that's exactly what Palpatine's plan was. He wanted them to meet so that he can essentially absorb their life energy, their force, their power, so that he can become even stronger and heal himself and become the strongest Sith Lord in all of history. Keep living forever. Just keep on sucking other people's life out. Live forever. And I'm okay with that because the Sith purpose is very basic. Yeah. It's it's like, hey, all power. That's what matters. And I'm okay and with live as long as possible. Like those Sith Lords, the really powerful ones lived for freaking ever. Yes. And they did allude to that. The fact that he's much older than we had assumed, 
which I do like that. Yeah. Because he's called himself all of the Sith, that he is the Sith, that all of the Sith lives in him. And that could just be a poetic way of speaking. It could be simply it could simply mean that he is the last of their kind and, and that he's tapping into that power. Yes. And he has all their knowledge. Yeah. So one thing that I had thought was, OK, if he has all their knowledge, has he done to previous Sith Lords what he just did to Rey and Kylo Ren? Almost certainly. Like absorbing them. Yes. OK. How many See, apprentices has he had? Come on. OK, so that is cool. I like that. I really dig it. But I just wish for the stupid side of my brain that they would have kind of made it to point to state or at least build up this prophecy of some type twisted or tied into the chosen one prophecy. Make Ray and Kylo something important, something that we've heard before in Star Wars canon. Yeah. The brother and the sister reincarnated, as we know from watching Clone Wars and even Rebels. I'm sure you're past that point in Rebels. Uh, you know, where the, the original beginning of the light and the dark we yeah. have. OK, so, you know the, what I'm talking the force about. Keepers. Yeah. The father and the brother and the sister. Yeah. If they would have said something like that, I would have been fucking makes sense. Yeah. But it just kind of leaves it as, oh, so they're bonded. But why? We never got that. Why? Yeah. So. And and you can chalk it up to just, well, they clearly have a bond there the the force in them seeks each other out. There's, there's a connection there. It's inexplicable. Okay, cool. But I would love for it to be deeper. And. But you I, know what he sacrificed for that? He sacrificed these little things for the development of character. Yeah. And that's one thing that I felt like ultimately saves even the ending. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we were, I love when movies do this. We were essentially watching a love story the entire time. Yeah, that's pretty much what we were watching. And I fucking love it. I that was the moment where I got a little. Little little some tears. Just a little bit when it because Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are just fantastic. But when they look at each other finally and she can accept him because he chose the right path. And yeah. she looks at him for a long time. And, and, and I, in my mind, I'm like, kiss him. Let's do this. Let's yeah, do come it. On, come on, come but on. they didn't do it right away. And that's a good call on JJ's part. He, he let it. He let us. He let us sit in it for a bit. Just them staring at each other. It's, it's what is there. What has been built is deeper than just, oh, that girl's hot. I'm going to kiss right. her. They, they love each other. Lust. They care about each other. Yeah. There is a huge connection between them. They feel like. They have been the only ones to understand what the other is going through in a weird way. And uh, and and they're the only ones that have understood, you know, them personally. And and yet they've been trying and trying to break through to this person to pull them their direction. Each one of them, you know, here, come, come this way. Step into the light. No, no, come to me. Come into the darkness because I don't feel like I can come back there. Yeah. So like It's, it's deep. Yeah. It is deep. And that's the... That's the win of this trilogy is the deep relationship they built between the two of them. I agree. It is fantastic. It's the saving grace of any negatives you can find. It's the relationship between the two of them and the fact that she sacrificed or he sacrificed his life for her by the end. Yeah. Gave himself up so that she could live. 
And despite what anyone else said or thought about the other, they both saw something yeah. in each other. It was that really they, good. That they knew, that they just, it pulled them to each other. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool. And it gave us new force things that we had never seen before. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like being able to connect on on such a level to where you can see their surroundings, you can feel their surroundings, you can touch objects, pass objects to the other. That's how connected they are. Now, is this that's exclusive to their bond? I think so. I, I hope it is. I've never seen it anywhere before. I would like it to only be them. Yeah, me too. Oh, for real, like this power needs to be exclusive to them and it's because of their bond they're able to do things that no other jedi can do yeah it's fantastic that shouldn't be something that that you can just like have a have a gifted padawan come up and be like oh so we're gonna teach you this now i don't think they even know how they do it in the last jedi they say they don't know they have no idea how they're doing it they just are connected and even in this movie there's a bit of confusion at first i mean we had our first lightsaber battle and they're not even <laughs> the first lightsaber battle that takes place at two different locations with each other. And it is shot so well. It's poetic as fuck. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. And seamless. Yeah. They shot it seamlessly. It looks so good. That is that is good cinematography. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Um, anything else that we need to get into for spoilers? Uh, force force powers? Yeah. Um, specifically, I think... So, um, so there's, there are some, some powers. So Ray uses force lightning and then she also uses force like healing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, uh, Kylo uses dark transfer, which is transferring your own life force Yeah, and not, not just the Healy, like, Oh, you have a wound. Right. Let me give you a little bit of my life force. Dark transfer is Bringing someone back from the brink of death or from, you know, like just teetering on that edge, like you're, you're dead, but you're not cold yet. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing them back by transferring your own life force into them. And traditionally, that's only been a dark side um, thing. I think later on, it became kind of like a, oh, Jedi's learned it too. But um, talk about an old canon. Yeah. yeah. Old like legend stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Cade Skywalker, the last known Skywalker in Legends, you know, a hundred something years post Luke. Um, he, he had is, that ability. He had that ability. He's the hmm. he's the only one that they've talked about that taught himself how to do it. Um, and it's only been used by a couple people. So, yeah. So that, that was something cool to see. I remember reading about... Um, and, and seeing him like heal himself mid battle and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a very rare thing, which also pushes further the, the point that Ray and Ben are not average force users. Yeah. Well, you have the two, essentially what you have, the two strongest known Jedis, yeah. at least in, our canon and canon yeah. as of right now, Skywalker and Palpatine united. Yeah. Only together will we, you know, control the universe. Yeah. That's essentially what just happened. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, Anything else from the force side? I think the Finn, the Finn thing. Okay. That's a big one. 
That's a that's a big one that leaves me feeling a little empty. Because you want more. Because I want more. Yeah. Um. So Finn, a couple of times, you know, he keeps telling Ray when it feels like they're about to die. He's like, wait, I never told you. I have to tell you. And most people, I think, are going to perceive that as I love you. Uh-huh. I've always loved you. But I think he's past that. I think he absolutely loves Ray. I think he respects her as well. And I think he knows that she's so drawn to She's unattainable. To, to Kylo. Yeah. I think that's how he looks at her now. He's it's always like, running in the opposite direction from him. Yeah. Um, and he she loves and cares about him, you know, but he knows that it's not a romantic thing. He knows it's a platonic thing. It's a family thing. And uh and He's not the type to just sit around and and mope about it anymore. He's grown. He's grown a lot. He's not just sitting there pining after her. Um, He's not just sitting there trying to run and follow her into whatever just so that he can be near her. Um, But he finally, when when Ray dies, when she depletes all of her life force um, fighting Palpatine and Ben sacrifices himself, uses that dark transfer, transfers his life force to her to save her life. Um, when she dies, she hits the ground. Finn is on a ship up in space or like up in the you know orbit of the planet yeah. up above wherever. Maybe he's just in the atmosphere. Who knows? But um, but he's up there in a ship way away from her and he just stops. He pauses the same way that Leia would pause when she felt someone leave when she felt someone return to the force um or when luke was reaching out to her like an empire strikes back you know and she located him because she could feel his presence yeah um and you know what i i liked it and i know there are going to be people who who are going to complain saying this is something jj pulled out of his ass but it's something that he had started if you go back to force awakens do you remember the very first time we saw him Kylo Ren sensed it. He was in his stormtrooper garb, conflicted about shooting all these people. And what does Kylo do? He stops, he turns and looks at him. There was no reason for him to look just at him. Yeah. And then JJ handed him a lightsaber. He was a chump because he wasn't trained and knew nothing. No, of course. (laughs) But he, I think this was the goal from the, from the get go. The only thing is, is that The Last Jedi didn't delve into it. And I think ultimately it feels a little weird that we never got any of that in The Last Jedi. But if you look at the two movies J.J. did, it's very seamless. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense that he is force sensitive. And it kind of, oh, I don't want to complain about Last Jedi, but it just, it drives me insane because you look at the message of The Last Jedi, right? Ryan Johnson wanted to express that there will always be Jedi. Yeah. Luke Skywalker said, and I will not be the last Jedi. And that's why he had that little kid with the broom at the end. Why could you have done that with Finn? I'm not saying Finn needs to pick up a broom. I'm saying you could have expressed or conveyed that same idea with Finn. Yeah. And yet chose to do nothing with his character. It's it's very strange. Yeah. We will never know why he did that, but. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that moment though was like it 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 was feel good for me for a moment. It was Absolutely. feel good for me for John Boyega, um, who felt like his character was wronged in the last movie, and I would agree. Um, he was redeemed. Yeah, he he had that moment. He paused. He just stopped what he was doing. His brow furrowed, and he said, "No, Ray, 
You know, like he knew. He felt it. He felt it in the forest. So I have to believe that what he meant to tell Ray was, hey, I think I'm force sensitive. Yeah. Like, I, I need to tell you this. Like, the Jedi Order is not gone. Like, there are more. I'm one. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, Last bit is the legacy of the Skywalkers. So this is the big question. Why is it called the Rise of Skywalker if everyone has died? Well, it was kind of. I think those theories were kind of correct. As I always say on this show, a lot of times, unless it's those ludicrous theories like Mace Windu is Snoke, like those, those are just dumb theories that people just pull out of their ass for clickbait. But then when there's those theories that you're like, hmm, that might make sense. Well, there was a theory that the new age of force sensitive people would be called Skywalkers, not Jedi. So I can kind of see where that theory or that leak kind of ran amok. Run amok. Got run, run amok, ran amok. Yeah. Let's just say either or. <laughs> um, because Ray essentially adopts the name at the end of the movie when they ask her what her name is. And they make it a point to say that she has no family throughout the movie. Uh, and she says, my name is Ray Skywalker. And people may say, whoa, eye roll moment. That is weak. But it really isn't because through the course of this movie, they slowly work in this idea that family is not just blood. And when you look at her connection to Luke Skywalker, who was her first trainer, and then in this movie, I have to give props to JJ because he did a fantastic job with Princess Leia. With eight minutes of usable film. I mean, just a great way to bring closure to her storyline, which is something that I expressed that I wanted. I needed this. I needed her to have a purpose. And they found a way to make her be the master. She was Ray's master. She's the one who finished or completed her training. And there was a bond there. There was a connection there. She was drawn to them. And by the end of the movie, when she claimed the name Skywalker, it made sense. It made sense based on everything we've seen. Especially knowing that when she was talking to Luke's force ghost, you know, he told her like, yes, I knew. I know you're a Palpatine. Leia knew too. But it didn't matter. She knew. But we saw your spirit. We saw that your bloodline doesn't automatically make you a, a copy of them. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean you're going down the same path. It means that there might be a little more struggle in you. But we saw your spirit. We saw how you're handling it and how you always come up on top. And uh, and so they felt more. Th- that was the closest thing to parents that she ever had. Exactly. And that's why. And she wanted to honor their legacy. Yes, that's exactly the point. She was honoring their legacy. In fact, they made it even clear at the end when she looks out into the Dune Sea who does she see? Leia and Luke. Yep. Standing side by side. That's that's the closest family she'll ever have or had. She buries their twin lightsabers. Oh my god. I almost I think I almost the cried moisture at that farm. It, Was that a little emotional for you as yeah. well? Okay. So was I'm it just tearing me? up now? I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm emotional. That was th- those are the moments where you know JJ is a true Star Wars fan. Because only a true Star Wars fan would think of doing something like that. It really is. Yeah. 
And that's why I'm appreciative that J.J. directed this movie. Being a true Star Wars fan, he understands the emotions that need to follow as well. Uh, it's not just fan service. It's understanding the emotions behind certain decisions that a character would make. And I feel like he truly honored the legacy of the Skywalker name with how he ended it with having Ray essentially continue their legacy. Yeah, watching the uh, the binary sunset. Oh, it's good. From, from the moisture farm that Luke grew up on. And and the the dichotomy there between when he was looking out into the binary sunset, he was dreaming of all of the things he wanted to do, this purpose that he felt like he had inside of him but couldn't attain because he was essentially kind of trapped there. He was stuck there. And and he wasn't fulfilling the purpose he felt like he should. And he, so he's, you know, looking towards everything that could be. And when Ray comes back to tat, when Ray comes to Tatooine for the first time, she's watching this binary sunset. She's honoring everything that they did. Yeah. Paying her respects, saying thank you. And and also looking out towards the future, but in a very different way of like, I've gotten through where I felt trapped. I'm now comfortable. I'm now confident. I now feel secure and, and I don't know, well thought out about, you know, who I am, what I bring to the table, where my, uh, where my, my powers stand and what they mean for me as a person. Now I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to continue their legacy and continue to do good. Yeah, that's a great way of framing it. I can't say it any better. So we should probably just end the discussion. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, but it's over. It's and over. So was this review. You know Oof. what? We didn't give our percentage. Mm. So, do you want to start? No. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> well, have no idea what I'm going to say. I'll keep it. Oh, man, this is so hard because I again I felt like the issues that were there were not JJ's fault. I know that sounds stupid, but because there are problems with some of the scripting, but it's. But you're not just wrapping up three movies. You're wrapping up nine movies as well as three movies. I'm going to, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give it an 87. Yeah. I'm gonna give it 87%. Okay. I, um, a hundred, 110. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to, I don't want to copy you, but like that feels right. It does. Right. Because I was like, no, 90s may be too high. Like, because it's it's great. It's really good. And there there are some other things that I felt were a little bit jarring. Like the Leia stuff, I wish it could be more seamless. But they had to, they they had had no to honor Carrie. I mean, JJ got fucking hosed. Let's just say it. I mean, yeah. Carrie Fisher dies. Ryan Johnson kills Luke. <laughs> Does away with John Poyega's obvious force sensitivity. And, and any hope for the character to be a badass. And, you know, J.J. brought that back. He did. He did. Finn held his own in this movie. Um, and he's become a good tactician, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, there there are there are some flaws. It's not a perfect movie, but it feels good. It's overall good. I think a, yeah. I think a high B is is solid. Yeah. And I think 87 is probably where to, where to sit. Okay. Yeah, because I definitely don't agree with what the critics are saying on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I haven't looked. It's awful. They're giving it like a 50%. And I do not understand what they're watching. Yeah. I 
do not understand. And I'm a little bit of an elitist when it comes to films. And yet I'm like, I don't I don't get it. How can you give The Last Jedi 90 percent and give this movie 54 percent or 50 percent? It's bizarre. Yeah, it is absolutely not that. No, not even close. So, all right. Well, this does conclude our discussion on the rise of Skywalker, the ninth episode of the Skywalker saga. It is over. We are done. And according to Lucasfilm, we are moving forward. We're moving past the Skywalker for the first time in 40 years. So we will see what the future looks like for Star Wars. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks. And good night. Oh, yes. <laughs>